0: CHAPTER Six OF THE MYSTERY OF THE SYCAMORE BY CAROLYN WELLS THIS LEVERVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN THE OTHER AIR A general air of vague foreboding hung over the Wheeler household. Mrs. Wheeler tried to rally from the shock of the inexplicable bugle-call, but though she was bright and cheerful, it was fully evident that her manner was forced, and her gaiety assumed maida solicitous for her mother was more than ever resolved not to disclose the news of another possible heir to the estate though the more she thought about it the more she felt sure samuel appleby had spoken the truth she decided that he had learned of the other heir and that he was none too honest to be willing to keep the fact a secret if in turn he could serve his own ends she did not need to be told that if she would look on young Sam with favor, her father would perforce lend his aid to the campaign, and in that case she knew that the other heir would never be mentioned again. And yet, the price, the acceptance of young Sam, was more than she could pay. To give up Jeff Allen, her own true love, and marry a man OF SUCH A DIFFERENT TYPE AND CALIBER AS SAM APPLEBY WAS, IT WAS TOO MUCH. AND JEFF WOULD HAVE SOMETHING TO SAY ABOUT THAT. YET, SHE MUST DECIDE FOR HERSELF. IF SHE MADE THE SUPREME SACRIFICE, IT MUST BE DONE AS IF OF HER OWN VOLITION. IF HER PARENTS OR HER LOVER GUESSED THAT SHE WAS ACTING UNDER COMPULSION, THEY WOULD PUT AN END TO THE PROJECT. BUT COULD SHE? Even if willing to sacrifice herself, could she ask Sam Appleby to take her? Yet she knew this would be the easiest thing in the world. A mere hint to Mr. Appleby that she approved of his son would bring the younger man down to the house at once, and matters would then take care of themselves. But could she do it? She looked at Jeff as he sat talking to her father, His strong, fine face alight with the earnestness of their discussion. He was a man of a thousand, her own Geoffrey. No, she could not break his heart. She had no right to do that. It would be a crime to blot out the joy and happiness from the eager young face. And then she looked at the other dear face, her father, worn and aging but still in rugged health. Could she let the inevitable happen? and see him turned out of the home that he loved the home that had so long been his sanctuary his refuge from cold injustice of his fellow-men and her mother almost ill from her fright and foreboding to add the disaster of poverty and homelessness no she couldn't do that and so poor maida wondered and worried her thoughts going round in a circle and coming back to the two men she loved and knew she must break one heart or the other. At one moment her duty to her parents seemed preeminent, then again she realized a duty to herself and to the man who loved her. I don't know what to do, she thought piteously. I'll wait till Mr Appleby comes back here and then I'll tell him just how I'm placed. Perhaps I can appeal to his better nature, but Maida Wheeler well knew that however she might appeal to Samuel Appleby, it would be in vain. She knew from the very fact that he came to her home and made the offers and threats that he did make, that his mind was made up, and no power on earth could move him from his decision. He had a strong case. He probably thought. The offer of full pardon to Dan Wheeler, and the offer to Maida to keep quiet about another heir, would, he doubtless thought, be sufficient to win his cause. What an awful man he is, she thought. I wish he were dead. I know I oughtn't to wish that, but I do. I'd kill him myself if it would help father. I oughtn't to say that, and I don't suppose I really would do it but it would simplify matters a lot, and somebody said we are all capable of crime, even the best of us. Well, of course I wouldn't kill the old man, but he better not give me a real good chance. What are you thinking about, little girl? asked Alan, turning to her. Maida looked at him and then at her father and said deliberately, I was just thinking how I'd like to kill Samuel Appleby. "'Senior, junior, or both?' laughed Alan, who thought little of her words, save as a jest. "'Senior, I meant. But we may as well make it a wholesale slaughter.' "'Don't, Maida,' her father looked grieved. "'Don't speak flippantly of such subjects.' "'Well, father, why not be honest? Wouldn't you like to kill him?' no child not that but you'd be glad if he were dead there you needn't answer but if you were absolutely honest you'd have to admit it i'll admit it said her mother wearily samuel appleby has spoiled all our lives is still spoiling them he does it for his own selfish interests he has ruined the happiness of my husband myself my daughter and my prospective son-in-law is it any wonder that we should honestly wish he were dead it may not sound christian but it is an honest expression of human nature it is mrs wheeler and alan's face looked more pained than shocked but all the same we oughtn't to talk like that no indeed agreed wheeler please maida darling don't say such things and sarah if you must say them say them to me when we are alone it's no sort of talk for these young people's ears why i said it before mother did maida broke out and i mean it i'm at the end of my rope if that man is to hound us and torture us all our lives i can't help wishing him dead there there daughter please don't i won't dad I'll never say it again, but I put myself on record, and if the rest of you were honest, you'd do the same thing. That we'd like to kill him? asked Alan, smiling at the idea. I didn't say that. I said we wish him dead. If a nice convenient stroke of lightning came his way or made a hush, her father spoke sternly, I won't allow such talk it isn't like you my child and it isn't isn't good form i suppose, she interrupted well i'll let up dads and i am a little ashamed of myself mother maybe the phantom bugler was announcing the death of old appleby hush maida what has got into you i'm incorrigible i guess you are and alan smiled fondly at her "'Come out for a walk in the sunshine with me, "'and get these awful thoughts out of your brain.' "'I know I'm a criminal,' said Maida, "'as they walked down a garden path. "'But I can't help it. "'I've more to bear than you know of, Jeff, "'and you must make allowance. "'I do, sweetheart, and I know how you're troubled, "'and all that. "'But don't say such dreadful things. "'I know you don't mean them.' no i don't at least i don't think i do but i won't say them any more i think i lost my head forget it you're upset and nervous and your mother's worry reflects itself on you is there really a bugler tradition not over here there was one connected with mother's family long ago in england i believe Of course it was just one of those old spook-yarns that most old houses have over there. But Mother always remembered it. She has told everybody who ever visited here about it, and I think she always expected to hear the thing. Queer, though, wasn't it? Not very. It's explainable, by natural means, of course. Probably we'll never know who it was. But it was no phantom, be sure of that. "'Oh, well, it doesn't matter except that it has upset Mother so dreadfully. "'But she'll get over it, if nothing happens.' "'Nothing will happen. "'If by that you mean a death in the family, "'more likely a marriage will take place.' "'Not ours, Jeff. "'I think that bugler sounded the death keel of our hopes.' Maida, what is the matter with you? "'Why are you talking like that?' I know you've something on your mind that you haven't told me yet. Something pretty serious, for it makes you say the strangest things. Tell me, darling, won't you? I can't, Jeff. I mean, there isn't anything. Wait till those people come back again. You'll be here, won't you? They're coming tomorrow. You bet I will. I'll see what I can do with old curmudgeon you know i'm argumentative that won't do any good with appleby what he wants is help from dad if he doesn't get that he'll punish us all and he can't get that for your dad won't give it so it looks as if we must all take our punishment well we're prepared you wouldn't speak so lightly if you knew everything that's why i ask you to tell me everything do maida i'm sure i can help you wait till they come was all maida would say in response to his repeated requests and at last they came smiling and hearty samuel appleby re-entered the wheeler home apparently as self-assured and hopeful as when he left it keefe was courteous and polite as always and genevieve lane was prettier than ever by reason of some new boston bought clothes Allen was introduced to the newcomers, and sized up by one glance of Samuel Appleby's keen eyes. Privately he decided that this young man was a very formidable rival of his son. But he greeted Allen with great cordiality, which Jeff thought it best to return, although he felt an instinctive dislike for the man's personality. Come along with me, Maida, and with daring familiarity, Genevieve put her hand through Maida's arm and drew her towards the stairs. "'I have the same room, I suppose,' she babbled on. "'I've lots of new things I want to show you, and—' She added as they entered the room, and she closed the door. "'I want a talk-fest with you before the others begin.' "'What about?' asked Maida, feeling the subject would be one of importance. "'Well, it's just this.' and don't be too shocked if i speak right out in meetin'. i've determined to marry into this bunch that i'm working for have you laughed maida are they equally determined i'm not joking i'm in dead earnest a poor girl has got to do the best she can for herself in this cold world well i'm going to corral one of the three old man appleby young man appleby or curt keefe which one For choice maida still spoke lightly you don't think i'm in earnest but i am well i'd rather have young sam next i'd choose his father and lastly i'm pretty sure i could nail Curdie keefe maida couldn't help her disapproval showing in her face but she said it isn't just the way i'd go about selecting a husband but if it's your way all right can i help you do you mean that why yes if i can do anything practical oh you can it's only to keep off the grass regarding young sam you mean not to try to charm him myself just about that and i'll tell you why i say this it seems old appleby has about made up his mind that you're the right and proper mate for young appleby oh you needn't draw yourself up in that haughty fashion He's good enough for you, Miss. I didn't say he wasn't, and Maida laughed in spite of herself at Genevieve's manner. But truly I don't want him. You see, I'm engaged to Mr Allen. I know it, but that cuts no ice with Pa Appleby. He plans to oust Mr Allen and put his son in his place. Oh he does, does he? Maida's heart sank, for she had anticipated something like this am i to be consulted now look here maida wheeler you needn't take that attitude for it won't get you anywhere you don't know mr appleby as i do what he said goes goes understand maida went white but such a thing as you speak of won't go she exclaimed i'm not sure it won't if he so ordains it miss lane said gravely but i just wanted your assurance that you don't hanker after sammy boy so i can go ahead and annex him myself in defiance of mr appleby's intents i may be able to circumvent him i'm some little schemer myself and he may die what yep he has an unsatisfactory heart and it may go back on him at any minute what a thing to bank on it may happen all the same but i've other irons in the fire run along now i've work to do you're a dear girl maida and the time may come when i can help you the round rosy-cheeked face looked very serious and maida said gratefully i may be very glad of such help genevieve then she went away samuel appleby was lying in wait for her here you are my girl he said as she came downstairs come for a ramble with me won't you and knowing that the encounter was inevitable maida went appleby wasted no time in preliminaries i've got to go home tomorrow morning he said i've got to have this matter of your father's help in the campaign settled before i go i thought it was settled returned maida calmly "'You know he will never give you the help you ask. "'And oh, please, Mr. Appleby, won't you give up the question? "'You have ruined my father's life, all our lives. "'Won't you cease bothering him, "'and whether you let him get his full pardon or not, "'won't you stop trying to coerce his will? "'No, I will not. "'You are very pleading and persuasive, my girl, "'but I have my own axe to grind. "'Now here's a proposition. "'If you—' I'll speak plainly. If you will consent to marry my son, I'll get your father's full pardon, and I'll not ask for his campaign support. Maida gasped, all her troubles removed at once. But at such a price! She thought of Alan, and a great wave of love surged over her. Oh, I can't! I can't! She moaned. What? are you mr appleby i love my chosen mate my fiance, Geoffrey allen would you ask me to give him up and marry your son whom i esteem highly but do not love certainly i ask just that you are free to say yes or no then i say no there must be some other way give me some other chance even though it be a harder one all right i will mr appleby's face was hard now his lips set in a straight line he was about to play his last card all right i will here it is the other heir of whom i spoke to you the other day is curtis keefe mr keefe yes but wait he doesn't know it i hit upon a clue in his chance reference to his mother's family and unknown to him i investigated genealogies and all that and it is positive he is the heir to all this estate and not your mother you're sure yes absolutely certain but remember he doesn't know it he has no idea of such a thing now if you'll marry sam keefe shall never know i'll burn all the papers that i have in evidence you and i will forget the secret and your father and mother can rest in undisturbed possession here for the rest of their lives and you won't insist on father's campaign work if you marry my son i rather think your father will lend his aid at least in some few matters without urging but he shall not be urged beyond his wishes rest assured of that in a word maida all that you want or desire shall be yours except your choice of a husband and i'll wager that inside of a year you'll be wondering what you ever saw in young Allen, and rejoicing that you are the wife of the governor instead i can't do it oh i can't and then too there's mr keefe and the airship mr keefe and the airship exclaimed curtis keefe himself as he came round the corner and met them face to face am i to go up in an airship and when appleby flashed a quick glance at maida which she rightly interpreted to mean to let keefe rest unenlightened as to his error you're not the mr keefe we meant said appleby smiling at his secretary there are others And then Appleby walked away, feeling his best plan was to let Maida think things over. "'What Keefe is going up in an airship?' Kurt insisted, his curiosity aroused. "'I don't know,' said Maida listlessly. "'Mr. Appleby was telling me some airship yarn. I didn't half listen. I—I can't bear that man.' "'I can't blame you for that, Miss Wheeler.' but we're going away tomorrow, and he'll be out of your way no he has me in a trap he has arranged it so oh what am i saying don't go on if you feel you might regret it of course as mr appleby's confidential secretary i know most of his affairs may i say that i'm very sorry for you and may i offer my help if you can use me in any way how kind you are mr keefe but if you know the details of the matter you know that i am in a fearful dilemma oh if only that man were out of existence oh miss wheeler and keefe looked undisguisedly shocked i don't mean anything wrong maida's eyes were piteous but i don't know what to do i've no one to confide in no way to turn for help for advice why miss wheeler you have parents friends no one that i can speak to forgive me mr keefe but i am nearly out of my mind forgive me if i ask you to leave me will you of course you poor child i ought to have sensed that i was intruding with a courteous bow he walked away leaving maida alone on the seat beneath the old sycamore she thought long and deeply she seemed to grow older and more matured of judgment as she dealt with the big questions in her mind after a long time she came to her decision torn and racked with emotions she bravely faced the many-sided situation and made up her mind then she got up and walked into the house That afternoon, about five o'clock, Appleby and Wheeler sat in the latter's den talking over the same old subject. Maida hidden in the window seat was listening. They did not know she was there, but they would not have cared. They talked of nothing she did not already know. Appleby grew angry and Wheeler grew angry. The talk was coming to a climax. Both men were holding on to their tempers but it was clear one or the other must give way soon geoffrey allen about to go in search of maida saw a wisp of smoke curling from the garage which from his seat on the north veranda was in plain view he ran toward the smoke shouting fire as he ran and in a few minutes the garage was ablaze the servants gathered about mrs wheeler looked from her bedroom window and keefe joined Allen in attempts to subdue the flames and with the efficient help of two chauffeurs and other willing workers the fire was soon reduced to a smoldering heap of ashes Allen ran then to the den to tell them there that the danger was past he entered to see samuel appleby dead in his chair with a bullet through his heart daniel wheeler stood beside him gazing distractedly at the dead man maida white and trembling was half hidden as she stood just inside the curtains of the window not realizing that there was no hope of life allan shouted for help and tore open appleby's coat to feel his heart he's quite dead he said in an awe-stricken tone but we must get a doctor at once i'll telephone spoke up genevieve's quiet voice and with her usual efficiency she found the number and called the doctor now the police she went on as if such matters belonged to her province certainly said curtis keefe who stood by his late employer taking charge by common consent who killed him said genevieve in a hushed tone as she left the telephone all looked from one to another but nobody replied mrs wheeler came to the doorway i knew it she cried the phantom bugler but the phantom bugler didn't kill him said genevieve and we must find out who did chapter six